man up, right? I can't really go out for help because first off, what are they going to do? Second off, like, how weak does that make me seem? Because this is the mindset that I grew up with. It got to the point where I either needed help and I needed to go seek help desperately or I wouldn't be here anymore. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Luciano. With his larger-than-life personality, Luciano has amassed over 120k followers on TikTok and Instagram from just speaking about his experiences with BPD. But what really sets him apart is his unique way of coping with his BPD by making creative videos that showcase his goofy and happy-go-lucky side, bringing levity to our struggles. If you've ever stumbled upon his page, you'll recognize him immediately by his infectious smile. We got to chat about an issue that is often overlooked, how toxic masculinity affects men's emotional well-being. Luciano knows firsthand how difficult it is for men to be able to express themselves and ask for help when they're struggling with mental health issues. Let's get into it. Quiet, not silent. Luciano's been making content about BPD, and your content, I have noticed, is really hopeful. It's really positive and focused on self-acceptance, self-love, and that's why I wanted to bring Luciano here today, because I wanted to talk to you about, first of all, your recovery journey, your self-love journey, and also, a lot of people find that it's it's rather uncommon to find male uh, content creators who make BPD content mm-hmm, because of the gender disparity with the BPD diagnosis. So I wanted to talk to you about kind of how patriarchy affects men's mental health, especially in the BPD community. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's huge. I mean, the impact just that I've seen with making videos as a male with borderline personality disorder, it it's been incredible. And this whole journey, it's been so worth it. It's long for sure. And <laughs> it definitely takes a lot of work day by day. Growing up myself, I, I lived in a household where you couldn't express emotions. And I know that we live in a society right now where for males, most aren't able to express emotions. And um, I saw a statistic that it's, I think it was about 40% of males have never spoken to somebody about how they feel. And it's so sad because it's like, it's either you're too overdramatic, you're, you know, you're weak. Um, there's all these stigmas around having emotions, having a mental illness. Um, and it's, it's something that I feel like we really need to bring awareness to in order to change as a society, because if not, we'll just keep making the same mistakes and repeating, you know, year after year, the things that we're missing. Um, it, it's kind of snowballed into this like mental, mental health crisis that we're kind of seeing now. For sure. Fully agree. Um, I wanted to, before we get into that, I just wanted to kind of ask you about how you found out that you had BPD. Like, were you, when were you diagnosed with BPD? So I I think now, you know, the whole time thing, (laughs) trying to think back, 
I'd say it was about three years ago. Um, and it's funny, the way when I stumbled across borderline personality disorder, I had no idea what it was. So I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this meme and it was first off hilarious just because of how relatable it was. But it, it hit a little too close to home to where I started looking into it. And I'm like, okay, borderline personality disorder. Like this post is literally me. Like, I don't know how they did it. And so I, I found some more memes, you know, uh, that were regarding borderline personality disorder. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> other people feel the same thing. And all of my life, I felt crazy. I felt alone. I felt like nobody around me really understood me. They didn't understand how intense the emotions could get and these memes online on facebook were you know it's like this this is me like I, i'm not alone and unfortunately i didn't go to, to get help right away it was about a year and a half that I, I didn't seek help i was like i'll just you know handle this on my own i got a man up right i can't really go out for help because first off what are they gonna do second off like how weak does that make me seem because this is the mindset that i grew up with you know it's like if you go for help if you do these things it's like you can't handle it like really there's people out fighting the war there's people out in the streets you know there, there's so much worse that has happened to so many more that i'm not allowed to feel these things and unfortunately it got to the point where after about a year and a half of kind of knowing that i had this this um disorder it got to the point where I either needed help and I needed to go seek help desperately or I wouldn't be here anymore. And I, I should have never let myself get to that point, but that's a good example of how much pressure we as men have from society. You know, it's like, man up, get better. Like you, you, you need to be able to handle these things because other people can handle them. Why aren't you? You know, and I just I was like, well, I'd rather not be here. You know, if, if I can't handle it, that means that something is wrong with me and I just I'm lost, you know. And so sure enough, I got to the point where, you know, after the relationship, um, anybody who has BPD knows that a, a breakup is never even if it's a good, you know, let's go our separate ways. It hurts. My goodness, the grief, even though it was not the best of relationships, I still felt like I like my whole world collapsed, you know, it's like, even though I knew there's more to life and there's, there's so much more I could do. There's so much more I could be. It's like my whole identity, my whole, everything was based on this relationship. You base everything off of what the other person believes and sees in you. And if they're mad at you and they see you as something less then you're something less, you know? And it's, it's sad because it's like a lot of us are defined by what other people see us because we care so much to be accepted. And the fear of rejection is a real, real thing with somebody with borderline personality disorder. And for most males, you feel rejected by the world. You know, it's like, if you if you start to cry over something, it's like, oh man, you know, I don't want anybody to see because I'll be rejected by them. If we were able to spread awareness and say, you know, look, some of us have these intense emotions and it's okay. And there's ways to deal, you know, to, to work with them, to um, there's tools that we can use in everyday life to be able to manage our emotions and feelings. Things would be a lot better. Well, it got to the point that I, I ended up in the hospital. I was kind of at my rock bottom, um, just gotten out of the relationship that I'd mentioned and things were not good. I, I didn't really, I didn't really want to be here anymore, you know? when there's so much that's happened in my life and there's so much that I, I haven't dealt with. It's like I, I could remember my traumas, you know, I, I had 
gone through a couple years of some pretty heavy substance abuse and it, it brought a lot of the traumas back up to where it's like, okay, cool. I know why I do these things. I remember these things from my childhood, but I don't know how to deal with them now. You know, it's like, it's nice to know what's wrong and why we do the things that we do. But the problem is, is if we don't have the tools and we don't have the help in order to be able to heal from those things, then we're just left beaten, broken, laying here. You know, it's like, what, what, you just, you feel lost. So I ended up in the hospital and, um, I guess you could say I was like, okay, I need help desperately. I'm going to go. And then the other side of me was like, wait, maybe nothing is wrong. Maybe I'm just being overdramatic. Oh you know God. what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I'll wake up. Yeah. The self-dismissal. Uh, yes, that part. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I literally, it was like every three seconds I felt like, I was like, no, 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 you're fine. I don't know what you're doing. What are you talking about? You know, but then there's the paranoia of like, everybody sees you as this crazy person. You know, it's like, they don't want you anyways. Just go like they you know these people want to lock you up or whatever and the mental struggle when when you have this all this stress and when you're at that point when you're fighting with yourself that self-dismissal you know and um thankfully i ended up going and uh when i went the first thing that the doctor told me was well we can put you on this medication <laughs> Without even asking, you know, you know, have you checked with a therapist? Have you gone and spoken to a psychiatrist? Um, have you done a full evaluation? It was kind of like, okay, here's a piece of paper, mark one to 10 on these 12 or so questions. And, you know, for me, it was like, I, I hit the mark on every single thing, like max anxiety, max depression. And so he tried giving me a, a, this medication. And at the time, I wasn't very fond of medication. And I was like, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I, Therapy wasn't even an option in my head because nobody had ever spoken about therapy, had ever spoken about um, talking to a psychiatrist to see if there's something maybe more wrong with me. And so with that, I was like, okay, I'll try this out. And I took this medication. It was essentially Xanax, but like a, what do you call it? Like a generic Xanax. I had no idea. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was not fun because I was super chill. That's like just not good. <laughs> they just straight up gave you generic Xanax right off the bat. Right off the bat, literally same day. That's fucked. I, I told oh my them, god! <laughs> exactly, and, and that's the thing. It, it's so sad because so many men who do finally speak out and say like, "Yo, I'm struggling. Like, I really just don't want to be here." They go and they get these medications that aren't, you know, sure that for some people medication can help, you know, and I know that after the, the hospital visit, I needed for a very short period of time, some medicine to kind of get me back on the road. But um, to just be your first answer, you know, like, okay, you don't want to be here anymore. Let me give you some anti-anxiety medication like that'll help you. Yeah. It, like just a highly addictive substance. That part. Oh, my When God. you have a history of substance abuse mm. and like no no history of going into therapy okay exactly yeah. <laughs> sure this is a solid solution great job Seriously. sorry <laughs> no no doctors it, it, just oh my god and, and this is stuff we we definitely have to talk about you know because like it, it happens all the time i've had friends that have gone to go you know to seek for help and it's like oh they gave me some medication and it's like oh man like there's so much more especially as someone with bpd you and I both know, right? We have to learn the tools. We have to be able to find ways to manage our emotions. And things do get better for sure. But those emotions and those triggers and things, they don't completely go away. Like we, 
you know, especially in relationships and such, we're going to see those things come about. It's just how we learn how, you know, to, to handle them and to, to work with ourselves. So yeah, the medicine obviously didn't work. It, it did for about 27 days, I think it was. And then I got off of it because I was way too chill. I didn't really care about much. And I was just kind of like, oh, you know. I was like, I don't know. I just feel weird. I feel like this might be doing, you know, something worse. And uh, thankfully I stopped. And sure enough, for the next few months, it was just awful. I'm talking like the worst anxiety because I had gone 27 days with just feeling nothing, just completely chill, you know, and then bam, right back to like a thousand emotions. Um, everything that was wrong in my life that had been like non-existent for those 27 days came back and it was like, okay, that put a bandaid on me for a little bit, but when you ripped it off, it ripped off more, you know, <laughs> now, now it's even worse. I, I had this distaste for, for seeking help because I, that was from ages 18 to 24. I was like, nope, I don't want pills. And, you know, the only thing I knew about therapy was you talk to them about how you feel and they tell you what you should do. And in my head, I'm like, I'm very conscious of what I should be doing. It's the impulses, you know, it's like, I can't do them. So why am I going to go talk to somebody who's just going to tell me, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And you should, it's like, no, I, I don't need that. And that's, that's the thing that I really, looking back now, I'm like, if I would have had the education and if I would have had people in my life tell me like, look, this is how therapy helps, you know, getting the right therapist, of course, because I've had, you know, people who weren't as helpful as my previous therapist. But if I would have had that knowledge on like, okay, this is what medication does. This is what BPD really is, borderline personality disorder. Um, this is what you can do to get better. Things would have been a lot different a lot sooner. But thankfully, I'm here. <laughs> um so fast forward to the hospital visit. <clears throat> as soon as I got in, they were like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you're checked off completely on a lot of these things. So we're going to have to evaluate you for about three days. So I was there and um, spoke to a psychiatrist and I spoke to uh, two different psychiatrists. Um, they scheduled me with a therapist to make sure they, they were, they were like, we're pretty positive. You have borderline personality disorder, but we want to make sure in my case, it was two psychiatrists and a therapist. And, um, as soon as I spoke to the therapist, she was like, oh yes, <laughs> I've never, I, I, she's a, um, she was a, a BPD specialist. So she spoke to hundreds of people with borderline personality disorder. And she was like, you have all nine traits and the four different subtypes like it, it sounds like you're you're kind of you're kind of it all <laughs> i have never learned so much in uh, about borderline personality disorder about mental illness about how we react to life um due to traumas and such than the past year and a half it's been incredible and i mean things didn't get better right away of course there's that like hopeless feeling um you may know as well as i do that that kind of emptiness that you feel even if you're doing better mm -hmm. you kind of feel that within you and yeah. you still feel like kind of isolated by everyone around you because nobody understands you know they just know you're this person who was always happy doing great and all of a sudden you're in the hospital and you come out and you're you know it's like what's wrong with him there's this like alienization around borderline personality disorder because people see it as like a type of schizophrenia they see it as like multiple personalities and it's really sad because a lot of people start treating you differently. And the thing is, is that that's, that's one of the main reasons why I want to spread awareness. Because if they understand, then they're like, okay, cool. Like, not cool, but okay. Like, he's had some stuff happen. He reacts because of those traumas, because of those things that have happened. 
and that is where he's at now versus like he sees things he hears things like he's just a loony you know and it's sad because a lot of people do not want to get diagnosed and i've seen this in my comment mm -hmm. you know they're, they're they're scared they're like i don't i don't want to be i don't want to label on me because then people are going to start looking at me differently and that's one of the main reasons why i started tiktok because the way that I learned about borderline personality disorder was a meme. You know, there's no better way to get me on <laughs> on board with something than, you know, something to laugh about. I love humor. It's my way of learning. It's my way of teaching. And so I said, you know what? I, I was doing better about four months after therapy. I stayed away from all relationships. I think that's something crucial that most people need to hear is that if we're since birth, you're not birth, but since a young age, if we are in one relationship after another and we don't heal from it and we just keep going on to the next and to the next, there's never really a time for us to find ourselves, you know, and, and having BPD, we have struggles with self-image. And if you're constantly with a new partner and, you know, your image is shifting, you'll get to the point where I got, you know, at 25, I'm like, who am I? Like, I've constantly changed my whole everything for the person that I love, right? Like, who am I? And that that was such a, that was huge. I mean, I'm like, I'm 25 years old and I've been in a relationship. Like, I think I had gone like a week was the longest that I hadn't been in a relationship. I know, it's terrible. Don't, don't, do, don't do that. No, literally same. Literally same. It's Everything not, you're saying, I'm just like, wow, this is literally my life. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, not that, cool, but you know. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that that's the thing it's like there, we you know it's like sharing our stories we can help other people see like whoa I'm not just this way out there crazy person you know who has had because we all know unfortunately because of our traumas we we have grown up doing toxic things you know there's patterns that we follow and it's not healthy and a lot of times we don't know how to break out of them and that's why it's important to seek help and one of those things for me was, you know, um, the toxic self or uh, rapid attachment. I'd get in from one relationship into the next, into the next. And it got to the point where once I started therapy, I think I had like maybe two or three partners in the first couple of months of therapy. And my therapist was like, okay, like, let's make a deal. Do you think that you could go the rest of the year without having a partner? And honestly, I didn't think I could. I was like, Carly, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I'd rather not be here because I was so dependent on like, I don't know who the fuck I am. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to die soon. And, you know, there's all these thoughts that come into play. There's the feeling of like the loneliness. You could be in a room with a thousand people and still feel excruciatingly alone. So when you have somebody who's there and who feels, you know, who, who acknowledges you, you get that bit inside of you, you know, that you're trying to fill that, that void inside of you that you never got in childhood. But once you realize that learning who you are, when you, when you discover who you are, you're able to realize that you don't need that. And so I agreed. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be in a relationship. Let's do this. I've got, I think it was six months. Right. And I've had, I've had a, what was it? So that would put me at, it was either September or November is when I had started TikTok. And it was a four months into um, making the steal. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just post every day, stay consistent. That's something that I've never done in my life is stay consistent, right? If Even if I don't post a video, I'm going to make one video, which I have done every day. Even if I feel like I'm dying, <laughs> I'm going to make one video every day and try posting every day. And I did that. 
And sure enough, you know, I think the first week I did like three videos a day. Um, don't go back and watch them. They're cringy. But <laughs> I was like, let's do that. No, like we all look back at our old videos and we're like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Okay. I, <laughs> I had no idea. I've been completely like stepped away from from media, social media and all that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this for myself. I'm just going to do this as a hobby. I'm going to express daily things that I struggle with or have struggled with, with borderline personality disorder. And if somebody relates, great, you know, they, it might help somebody else realize like, oh, somebody feel, you know, basically I was trying to replicate what happened with me, with other people that, that could possibly relate. And the community that has grown because of that is just incredible. I mean, so many people, including finding you, Avery, like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> it's cool being able to, I mean, I, I hate that others suffer and that others feel the same thing. But it's nice to know that now I have a voice, I can make a funny video, it doesn't have to be super informative. But if they relate, they don't feel as crazy. And it's showing a different side of things that I, I, I just love being able to spread awareness, especially to the to the males who are afraid of expressing themselves, of expressing their emotions, of acknowledging that anything is wrong. We don't have to keep continuing from balancing one relationship to the next and hoping that one's going to be perfect for us. It's like if we learn to love ourselves and we learn to better ourselves and we learn to handle things, you know, in, in a more manageable way, life gets better things do get better. And, and recently, you know, I've had some things go on that were so intense that to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely not going to be able to handle this. You know, like, this is the one. <laughs> but because of going to therapy, learning these tools, learning how to manage, I can sit here and, and be like, wow, it, I still feel intensities. But I know what to do now, at least. And I know that this storm is going to pass. And that all of these moments are temporary. And as long as I don't give up, and I wait till the next day and the next day, you know, and just keep moving, keep working and keep staying positive that it will sure enough go away. And and it has been, you know, it's like things do weigh us down. Things do still get to us, but there's it's it's not a life sentence. You didn't really have anyone in your family or, or like close to you growing up to teach you or or even just like let you know that therapy is an option like to mm -hmm. teach you about mental health mm -hmm. we already know that 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 would have helped you a lot Definitely. and we can accept the past and that we we can't change it and you know things are better now anyway now that you have reached out and got the help that you need mm -hmm. but i want to talk more about kind of your thoughts and your experiences around having this feeling like okay i have to man up i have to deal with this myself mm -hmm. you know have you ever when you were younger and you weren't really aware of bpd you weren't really sure what was going on with you did you ever have any like guy friends or like men in your family even like kind of tell you that you needed to man up that you needed to just like suck it up have you ever experienced that oh yeah honestly i <laughs> I, it'd be harder for me to think about a time that somebody said, it's okay to have these emotions, bro. Like, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. Mm. All of my life, um, and just a little background, I guess, my stepfather, love him to death still, but he had he was fresh out of the army as a ranger, mm. and he mm -hmm. was my stepfather. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm this seven year old kid that cries for literally anything. Like if, if I see something sad on a cartoon, I'll fucking cry. And these were things that were not okay. You know, if I cry because I'm in trouble, it's like, you need to fucking handle this, you know? And, um, and it didn't help that I grew up in California where going to school, being Hispanic and being from a part of Mexico where I'm from, there's a lot expected from you. And being a crybaby is not it. I remember getting into a fight when I was in middle school and I, I tried my hardest not to cry because I didn't want to. And we got into a fight and everything and I left school and as soon as I knew nobody was around, I started crying because I did not want to fight. I did not want to hurt this person. And I, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just want a cold heart. You know, I want to be heartless. I want to be, I, I listened to, you know, I listened to the old Slim, I love Slim Shady, you know, but whatever. <laughs> but I used to listen to the old Eminem songs like, okay, like just try to build this rage, you know, just be angry, like use your anger. And this is the same teaching that I hear Andrew Tate and that I hear all of these other people talk about, you know, it's like use anger. And the thing that they don't understand is anger is a blind energy. When you have all of this anger built in within you, you lash out at the people that are close to you, you lash out at the people around you. And growing up, like I said, I had this weight on me of like, you need to be this person. And sure enough, I joined a gang when I was believe 13 uh 13 going on 14 wow it's so young <laughs> yeah it was it's it's definitely a different lifestyle um mm -hmm. in california and i stayed in it until i was about i think 16 or 17 but this is this is an environment where you have no room to be emotional you know you have to be as manly as you can be and for somebody like me who's been the <laughs> most emotional person i know that was hard that was so hard i had to lie to myself you know and, and tell myself like okay like you know you aren't this crybaby you're 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 uh you're tough you're this you're that um if you cry out of anger, even, you know, the whole gang just makes fun of you. You're there like, oh, look at this pussy, like, you know. And so you have to like, you try you try your hardest to not do that. And I know it's the same type of vibe with sports, you know, if, um, sure there's happy crying, you know, you see that of course, but if somebody's just crying out of whatever, they're gonna get made fun of. Um, no matter what type of environment you are in, it's, it's very unfortunate, but society has made it to where if you're a guy, if you're a man, if you're a dude, you know, it's like, you're not allowed to feel. And I, I don't know why we've made it like that when that's only going to make things worse. You know, it's like, you see this anger that has been festering in, in most men nowadays. And then you have people like Andrew Tate who come out and say, use that anger, you know, don't be emotional. If you are emotional, then you're a pussy and you're not going to get anywhere. It's like, I've gotten to the place it, it is horrible. And it's like, I've gotten to the places that I've gotten now, <laughs> you know, because I've embraced <laughs> myself. I've embraced who I am, that I am emotional and that I want other people to get better. If I didn't, I can promise you, I would still be probably in jail because of, of some fight because I, I refuse to turn down and, you know, I have to man up and be this person or I'd be killed. You know, I, I had a friend in high school, him and another person looked at each other with, you know, they, they gave each other a little mad dog face and got into a fight. It's like, do we really need to be that tough out here? Like, does that make you That's fucked, bro. It is, it is. And he, you know, 
And, and that's in the name of being a tough guy. And that's why for me, it's like when I when that happened, there was a major shift. What are we doing out here? Like, there's so much more to life. And people are getting locked up. They're going to jail. They're getting killed. They're getting stabbed and shot. All because of, you know, you have to man up and you have to be this tough guy. It's like the tough people to me nowadays are the ones who can wake up they embrace themselves. They're, they're not afraid of being who they are. They're not afraid of what other people are going to think because they're like, you know what? I'm me. I'm doing the best I can do. I'm not always the best, you know, but that's okay. I'm just going to try. And the people who try, no matter what happens to them, to me, that is toughness. That is what, you know, being a, a man or a woman is. That's what being a person is. I, I, I try to stay away from the whole you know, man and woman stuff because I've seen my mom is tougher than my biological father was. You know, you are not any less because you're embracing your emotions. You're not any less because you feel these things. That's in general. Have you ever felt this urge or this pressure to be perfectly emotionally collected with your romantic partners? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's something that and in recent years, I've kind of shifted, you know, um, in my younger years, I definitely had that pressure of you can't be a crybaby. You know, if, if something is happening, it's better to react in anger and show her that you're tough than to react in, oh, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm crying because I'm scared of losing you. It's like, you know what? All right, whatever. Like the, the reactions of either embracing your emotions and saying like, this is hurting or this is sad or I'm scared and just communicating because we all know communication is key in a relationship. And I see this in relationships around me, you know, where the guy is like, he's feeling something and he wants to talk about it. And he might tell me and say like, bro, this is something that's going on in my relationship. And I'm like, just tell her, you know, just say, hey, this, this shit makes me sad. Or this, <laughs> this is something that's bothering me. And it's like, no, but like, I don't, I don't want her to think like I'm weak or like I can't handle it. And it's like, bro, <laughs> she is going to appreciate that communication. If she thinks you're weak because you communicated something to her that's, you know, hurting you or that's bothering you, you know, that of course, many factors into that. But it's like having that communication should not be the reason why this person looks down at you or, or sees you any differently. I've had mm. that in my relationships before. And it's not worth it. Like they're if they can't accept you for who you are, then are you really in a good relationship? Because there's this whole other side to you that they don't even know about. You know, how would you want, how would you feel if your partner had a whole different side that they couldn't express to you because they were afraid that you were going to look at them differently? And that is the thing that I, it, mm -hmm. it's important to embrace who you are completely emotionally in a relationship in order to have that communication. Because if you don't, it all falls apart, you know? And I, and like I said, I kind of shifted um, into, choosing partners who were happy with me embracing my emotions. Um, I definitely was not the best partner at first when I, you know, shifted into that because then I'm here emotional and sad and like, no, don't leave, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, it's when you're first learning how to express and embrace the emotions that you feel, mm -hmm. um, it, it is kind of a rocky start getting used to being able to express them. Like, it, it's hard to get a handle on them at first. Um, and then you learn, mm -hmm. you know, like no one's perfect at the start you were you were learning mm -hmm. and, and mistakes happen right oh yeah it's learning from your mistakes and that's the thing that i i really try to express to people if you accept it and say that's just how i am because i have bpd you're giving into it and that you're not going to change you know change comes with acknowledging what's wrong 
and then choosing to do better the next time. It doesn't mean you're going to be better right away. It's choosing how you go about it. And that's that's where BPD management comes into play. It's like, okay, I've done these things in the past. I've sent this message in the past and I should not have. So this time I'm going to choose to not do that. You know, it's learning from the patterns that you that you've created in your life. That's so much that my mm-hmm. my therapist um wanted to express to me is in order to change somebody with BPD, First comes acknowledgement and then comes breaking those patterns. And you have to have the willpower to not give up and to keep going because it is it is a tough journey, you know, being on the path of healing. There are many times where you just you're like, what the fuck? Like I'm doing everything. I yeah. still feel this. Like, when am I gonna feel free? You know? And and it can feel hopeless at times, but then there's those other moments that come into play and you feel amazing amazing and you feel so clear and you're like this this is the reason why i'm healing this is the reason why i'm trying and struggling so hard so that i can actually live and i've had more of those moments recently than the moments of desperation they still come but it's all about balance right and not having an exact balance with bpd but just trying to have more good moments and good reactions than the negatives. And the more you do that, the better and better that life will get. And the more you can actually live, you know, because it's, it's not really living when you're so trapped in your head and you're just like, it's a prison. And I know you know how that feels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you feel really trapped. Mm -hmm. You kind of touched on joy a little bit, the, the joy that you feel when you've accomplished some like healing mm-hmm. um so let's let's talk about joy for a sec because we did talk about like crying we talked about sadness we talked about anger but let's talk about joy for a sec because joy is a really comfortable emotion mm-hmm. right definitely but i'm wondering if you've also experienced uh kind of a someone else like other dudes shutting it down when you express joy like when you express when you're very, very, very enthusiastic about something, when you're excited about something, have you ever been shut down for that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. That That's a whole, I, you know, honestly, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's something that I never really think about, but it's true. So many times growing up, even my own family, like, you, why are you so happy? You're you're so freaking happy right now, mm. Bill. Like, why? My mom. Yeah. What do you have to be happy about? What are you so happy exactly. about? What are you so smiley about? <laughs> my mom used right. to be like, are, are you bipolar? As a kid, you know, because I would Bruh. be crying about something, you know, upset, and then like two minutes later, I get excited because I don't know, I did something exciting or whatever and then all of a sudden i'm bouncing off the wall i saw a worm yeah literally it could be the simplest of things like it was it was like a cute little animal outside like i'm so happy and they're like chill like you're you shouldn't feel it's just a squirrel what's the big deal yeah and then going into what do you mean (laughs) if you're ever too happy you're too excited you're too that's the thing it's like you're too anything and that also includes good emotions you know i I would have to like tone myself down if i was really excited that like something good happened in school and i'm with the gang and everybody's just you know smoking chill and doing whatever and you're just like sitting there like oh, I just want to like express like, you know, these things and that thing. And you're just so happy in mm-hmm. your head and they look at you like, you cool? Like, you know, just chill. Everything has to be so Be shit, cool, bro. bro. Yeah, exactly. Be cool, bro. And it's like, we imagine if everybody like, was why? allowed to or were allowed to just express their happiness and their joy and just like be there, you know? It's like we're taking so much away from humanity if we lock away these emotions and we lock away this expression. It's like, 
we should be able to express ourselves. And, you know, the, sure, there's extremes where, you know, you, you kind of reel yourself back in, but just having happiness and being joyful over something. I, I know my probably my little brother sees me <laughs> as crazy sometimes because I'll come out super happy about something and whatever. But the nice part now, no, is knowing that like he he sees that it's okay to express yourself. It's okay to have these emotions. You know, it's okay. Like, it's nice having my mom, my brother, my family, um, even family from Mexico. They're watching my TikToks. And I know some of them don't even understand it, but they get to see that I'm expressing myself and they love it. I've never, you know, it's like more Good. people have embraced me now accepting myself than being this cold hearted, silent, you know, person that, that they they worry about. And it's like, you know, sure, there's people who will unfortunately not accept you, you know, but do you really want somebody who's not going to accept you for who you are in your life? You know, it's like at, at a certain point, we have to choose who we want in our lives. And I choose the thousands of people who accept me, the, the ones who care, the ones who genuinely mm -hmm. want me to be me, because my life is going to be a lot happier than, than trying to get this person to accept me because, you know, and then trying to change for that one person or that handful of people. It's like, no, I'd rather be me. And I'd rather just be able to express my sadness, my joy, whatever it may be, you know. That's incredible that your family is enjoying watching you it's fun. just be <laughs> your authentic self, you know, like, mm -hmm. I think that that is really wonderful. Um, especially as someone with BPD, like, you don't, always grow up with that kind of uh, acceptance from people around you mm -hmm. you know at least you're getting it in adulthood and I think that that's that's really good and especially like your little brother he because he's 10 years younger than you do you think that you've made a difference in his ability to accept his emotions and express them and kind of break that toxic masculinity pressure mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, him being my brother, right? He's the closest to me as far as mm -hmm. friends. And I've, I've had friends, that's the nice part, reach out to me that I haven't spoken to in years. And they're like, hey, I see you're, you know, you're on TikTok talking about this stuff. Like, how can I get help? friends that i never would have expected and my wow. own my own brother right he's very he's opposite of me in a lot of ways he's very kept to himself he doesn't cry he doesn't do he's not very out there like me you know and um over the past year it's so nice to see him express himself more ever since i've kind of come back into his life he's expressing himself more he talks a little bit more about his emotions. Um, he watches on my TikToks and he actually records a couple for me, like the really cool transition ones. He'll record them for me. And, and I'll show him a TikTok and I'll be like, hey, bro, what about this one? And if he laughs and he's like, oh, yeah, he's related to a lot of them. Because keep in mind, we, you know, we I was raised a little differently, a little bit more intense and harshly. But he still has had that, you know, you're a man, you're a boy, you shouldn't cry. And just within the past month or so. He finally got to the point where he's like, you know what, maybe, maybe I will talk to somebody. And that was huge because for the past few years, he's been like, I, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, No one's going to help me. The same exact mindset that I was in when I was around his age, because he's 17 now. So if he can do that and they say, you know, okay, maybe you do have this or that, maybe borderline personality disorder, whatever it may be, at least he knows that something is there. Just knowing 
and and just having that one visit can can meet, can change a lot and the fact that he's willing to embrace that is huge for me like i i love him to death i want him to just be able to express himself and so when i'm whenever i'm around him i just you know i'm my silly goofy self <laughs> you know it's like what a difference being yourself you mentioned that people that you used to know they they've like found your tiktoks mm -hmm. and they mentioned like okay luciano's shown some real vulnerability here you know i, I think i'm going to go to him for some advice like they, they asking about should i seek help what do you say when they ask you this kind of stuff well first off i always i always encourage it so i say i'm so proud of you i'm so happy you know like i in in my own way where whoever the person might be um the last person mm -hmm. was somebody that i worked with a couple i think three years ago now three or four years ago now and um he reached out and he was like hey bro like i've been watching your tiktoks which i had no idea i didn't even know he was on there he's like i've been watching some of your tiktoks and like i, I see that you're doing better and stuff and um, I've been struggling, like I don't know what to do or who to go to. So I figured I'd go to you since you're very like expressive. And that is huge to me because it's like me being mm -hmm. myself has brought this person. He, you know, he could reach out to anybody in his life and he reaches out to me. Like I felt so honored in that sense, you know, and it, I was like, bro, I'm so happy to hear from you. Like, I'm thankful that you're looking for help. Like this is, you know, these are the things that I did. I told them, you know, I had to go to the hospital, but you can speak to a therapist, a psychiatrist. Um, I was like, you know, what insurance do you have? Okay, cool. Like you can make an appointment. You talk to them a few days, you know, and uh, they can get you on the right path because depending on what, whatever he has, um, you know, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever it might be, it's like, we can get on the path to healing, even though some things are different to where you do need medication or it is lifelong. It's like still get on that path to healing because you'll get tools given to you. You know, you'll learn about yourself. You'll find ways to manage things. And it was so nice to like be able to be the person that he chooses to reach out to because he knows I'm not going to judge him. You know, who, me and the bunny hat, I'm not going to be judging you. Like, <laughs> I don't care what you got going on. Yeah. Like you, you, you're clearly a safe person. Like you are in touch with your emotions now that it, it makes sense that they'd be comfortable in confiding in you about this stuff because they know yeah. that you're a safe person you're not going to judge them for just having emotions for just wondering what is wrong with them for for any of this stuff like for mm -hmm. finally deciding okay i need to really address my mental health here and ask for help you've shown people that you are a safe person to confide in and i think that that is really important that's the thing it's like we don't if i were to think about it for myself I don't have very many people that I can, before TikTok, this is, I don't have very many people in my life that I think I could have gone to and said like, hey, like I'm struggling, you know, because if I tell them like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore and I'm feeling all of this and thinking all these things, they look at you sideways. And I've had that so many times in my life where I go and I try to express myself to somebody and they just look at you crazy. So having these people, so that, fucked. it is, it's, it's really is. It's, it's invalidating. It is. And then it, and then, you, then your whole relationship is basically changed because it's like, I express to this person, let's say at work, you know, that I've been with, I, you, you feel like they know you, you get them, they get you. And then you express to them like, Hey, I'm struggling with these things. And then they look at you sideways and then ever, you know, since then it's like everything has changed. And now 
you're just this weird, like, okay, I'm going to stay away from this person. And it's like, that's not, that's not fair to us as, as people who have had things go on. It's, we're not crazy. We're a little bit broken, you know? And even the people who do have a chemical imbalance, that doesn't mean they're crazy. They just need help. A lot of times we just need somebody there to be able to give us the tools and to be able to teach us how to manage things. And if we could get a grasp on that, life would get so much better. You know, if we have more people mm-hmm. there who are themselves, who aren't going to judge you and who understand that mental illness and personality disorders, we can learn and get better and, and find ways to cope. I mean, for the first time ever, for the first time ever, I can say that I don't want to die, you know, and that is like, I can't remember even as a kid wanting to be here. Like, I remember when I was 10, I was like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Life was not good, you know? And and since then, it's been like, okay, you know, I have a few years left. Maybe I have a couple of years left. And there's still times, I'm 27 now, and there's still times where um, just the other day, I'm like, oh man, like I'm here. This is weird. Like, I, I didn't think I'd still be here, you know? Like, I, I feel like I should be gone because I've all my life I've had this feeling you know and it's such a weird thing to finally feel healing and to finally feel like you want to live because all your life you've been in the survival mode where you're trying to live you're trying to just make it to the next day and don't do anything stupid and then when you when you're able to finally get to the point where you're like I want to live I don't want to die yet there are things that I need to do because if I can get two people out of two million to be able to finally embrace themselves, get help, and live a longer life, my mission is complete. And that's all that matters to me. And that's something that, like, I think for every person with borderline personality disorder, if you hear this message, try and find a purpose. Whatever your purpose may be, make it something that's not for you, for others, because that will bring you joy. It will bring gratefulness into your life. And it, and it's something that like, you know, if I don't achieve something for myself, I'm not going to get to the point where I'm like, oh, it's over, you know, I'm done. But if you can just make it a, a mission to just be yourself, you know, and, and see if you can change one life, it's like that, that will make it all worth it. That is fucking incredible, dude. Amazing. <laughs> I totally agree that it, it's important to find a purpose. And like, okay, the word or the, like the phrase finding a purpose sounds a little bit intimidating because mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, you need to find the meaning of life. You don't. You actually just need a project. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> so like you just think of it as a project. Like don't even think of it. If, if the word purpose is giving you like an existential crisis, literally just find a project. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started as well. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna just gonna I'm just going to make a BPD journal, like a video journal on this TikTok. I'm going to learn how to use TikTok and just fuck around. And if it helps people, great. Um, if it doesn't, well, it helped me. So exactly. I don't really care. And now I'm making a podcast and it's really cool. So cool. you just kind of find a project. Just find something like bigger to work on that you can kind of like contribute to every day, every couple days. Like just find something bigger than yourself mm-hmm. to work on and work toward. And I... I agree that, that 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 has helped me as well. Like, um, especially with the relationship part. Like, I also was just in so many like relationships, one after the other, and you know, being a content creator has really helped me to focus on that and just like create validation for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I validate myself. I create for myself, and I don't have to seek validation from another person in a relationship with me 
you know, and yeah. it's a really good way to cultivate self-love and a sense of self-worth, um, strengthening your self-esteem is finding a project to work on that, you know, helps other people. Definitely. So I think that's really cool. I mean, and I'm so thankful that it helped you too, because it's like just staying consistent, huh? Like if you, like you said, just have a project, even if it's working out and you just do 10 pushups a day, <laughs> if you're consistent. Oh, literally. Yeah. It's yeah. a good feeling knowing at the end of the day, okay, like I still did something and I, I told myself I would, and I felt so much better. Consistency is key. If you're on the path to healing and you want to make sure you do better, every time you make a mistake, just try and do better the next time. Just stay consistent with it because that's when you really see change is when you do it every day. Honestly, it's been really, really insightful being able to hear your perspective as a dude. You know, there are so many men out there that have that clearly struggle with seeking help for their inner turmoil. Mm -hmm. And they just, you know, this idea that you have to just deal with it, that you have to grin and bear it, that you have to be cold-hearted that you have to just suppress your emotions or and placing all of your worth as a as a person mm -hmm. on that you know that's not what masculinity is no. that's not it's that's toxic masculinity and i i think that the more open men like yourself are about being expressive about accepting that you are emotionally a little bit more sensitive you have a you likely have a genetic predisposition to emotional sensitivity and not everybody has that but that doesn't mean that like that should be the norm you don't have to suppress your emotions right. to be worth more as a man or as a person you know if you ever find that you're in a moment where you're not giving yourself enough credit that you're that you're questioning should I even be doing this? Like, should I have ever been this open online? Mm -hmm. I just want you to remember that, no, you have helped a lot of people. You've helped a lot of men in your life that know you in real life. And you've helped a lot of um, people of all genders online understand themselves and be more comfortable and, and learn to accept and love who they are, being their authentic emotional selves. That, that opens the door to, for a lot of people getting help. And so I just want to thank you for just being yourself online and, and being vulnerable. There is strength in vulnerability. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And th there's definitely times mm -hmm. where, you know, you, you question yourself and stuff. So hearing that, it's like yeah. a new fire underneath me, you know, like this is the, <laughs> the reason why. Like I have on my two thumbs, stay focus, stay in focus. And it has multiple meanings, but that's definitely one of the things that I try to stay focused on is like, I'm doing this for that one person that can change and heal. And so I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. That means a lot. I'm very thankful for you as well. So I'm wondering before we go, mm -hmm. uh, where can people find you online? Um, so on TikTok, I am Luciano XXX Ariano, all one word. On Instagram, I'm Luciano nine 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 ariano i just i really want to thank you for your time this morning i know it's a little bit early for you but this has been really great thank you so much yeah no thank you i i love it My first so glad i got to meet luciano it's always nice to be able to talk to people who inspire me to create and to keep going that's my pro tip for you is surround yourself with people who inspire you to keep going and to be true to yourself in the next episode, 
I'm going to bring on my friend Jen, who's a mom with BPD, and we're going to talk about what that's like for her and what it means to heal your inner child while being a parent at the same time. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Quiet, not silent. We can create a perfect world in our heads.